0: Welcome to the first ever episode of the Ride the Bench podcast. I'm your host, Matt Brignotti. Uh, I'm joined today by my friend, Gabe Bushman. Gabe, say what's up. What's going on,
1: everybody? How's it going?
0: Uh, I've been wanting to start this for a while, but um, I was in the middle of my college lacrosse season, so my time is kind of limited. I didn't um, have the time to put the energy I wanted into this. Uh Just a little background about me. I'm a digital media production major at uh, SUNY New Paltz and I'm also a college lacrosse player and ride the bench is going to be talking about my experiences as an athlete managing being an athlete and just stories and everything else in between. And we're also just going to talk sports, you know, you're going to have the feel when you're listening to this, like you're riding the bench with us here on the end of the bench, you know, listening to a good sports conversation and just us reminiscing about stories and stuff. So, uh, Yeah, I hope you enjoy. And uh, thanks for tuning in to the first episode. Gabe, got anything to add?
1: Yeah, uh, just uh, you hit all the points. uh, Two sports lovers here. Uh, Hopefully we get our viewers. um, Everyone here is loving sports. Um, I'm avid into all sports, uh, basketball, baseball, football, hockey. You know, it's a really great time right now for sports. We got Playoffs in hockey, playoffs in basketball, and then baseball season is just getting started. I feel like the season is getting off to a great start. And um, football, the draft just happened. So there's a lot to talk about, a lot of buzz that we are going to cover together. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy.
0: All right. Sounds good. Uh, Let's get into it now. Let's start off with the uh, NBA playoffs. Sound good?
1: Sounds good to me. Let's do it, Briggs.
0: All right. uh, Let's start off with the Eastern Conference, right? You got in the you got in the second round now, Celtics and the Bucs going up against each other. We'll, we'll start off with that series. Uh what are your thoughts on it so far and uh how do you think the Celtics look right now? I think they're looking pretty solid. They're honestly my favorite to come out of the Eastern Conference right now.
1: I have to agree with you on that one. Um, even before the playoffs started, I honestly had the Celtics going to the chip. And, you know, everyone thinking in the first round, you know, they're going to have a struggle with the Nets. And, you know, Katie and Kyrie finally finding their gel, finding their rhythm. But, you know, it was an absolute sweep, absolute um just like you know, Celtics hammering them away at home and everything. And um, you know, this is a tough series, the Bucs and the Celtics, because you know, you have the MVP and Giannis, the powerhouse in the uh the Bucks defense, in, in my opinion. That's what sets them apart. Shooters and Chris Milton, Drew Holiday leading that anchor in the D.
0: He's out um, though, I think. Cr- cr- Chris Middleton. Chris right? Middleton is yeah. out, yeah. That's that's um, a huge difference maker for them.
1: It's a huge blow for them. Um what is the series at currently?
0: Uh it's one one right now. One, the one. Celtics just blew them out um Tuesday night, and the next game in the series is Saturday. Is it and was, they're going was to, the game in in Milwaukee? Uh games one and two were in Boston and now oh. they're going to Milwaukee. The I think the Celtics dude I think they're gonna win this series in five or six. Like I five think five or that, six. Yeah, I think that um no no Chris Middleton. I'm pretty sure he's after the whole series. No Chris Middleton is so huge for the Bucks. He's arguably their second best player and he's an all-star. And- for sure. Yeah. Um
1: I I can see it going Celtics in six, especially yeah, with Middleton out. And um, you know, Tatum and Brown are just getting hot. And they're two young bucks that are gonna lead that team, and uh, they're two great leaders in my opinion. And you know, as much like Wait. as you can guard Giannis, like mm-hmm. he needs help. Like yeah, he's, he's not he could be a one man show the whole time, and he could be a paint beast, and you know just drop it down low. But um, I think yeah, I, I agree with that Celtics. I'm gonna say Celtics in six as my prediction going forward in yeah. the series.
0: I think the Celtics they just have they have so many wing defenders who can guard multiples multiple positions, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. Grant Williams is really good. He was clamping up Giannis in really? game two. He He's a defensive stopper. They have so many guys that can just keep throwing at Giannis without like one of them getting too tired. Like they can give each other breaks. So I think that constant change of defense Giannis is going to get his points. He's going to get his numbers, but everyone else isn't because the Celtics on defense are so sound and they have arguably the best defense in in basketball. So I think that honestly, the Celtics, I don't think like, I think they're going to make it to the next round, but then I don't think they're going to play the Sixers either. Well, this is, this is a good segue to the other Eastern conference series, the Sixers and the heat, the, Sixers obviously have no Joel Embiid to start the series. I think they're down 2-0 right now to the Heat. The Heat, man, I think – well, I think they're going to beat the Sixers, but, like
1: – As you said that, Embiid is – there's a possibility he comes back for game three tonight uh, with a mask. Mask Embiid is a scary sight, oh, no. and uh, he's cleared from concussion protocols. You know, they're not going to rush him, but I feel like they're going to be like, well, we're down 2 nothing. Like, we yeah. need our all-star, because with him, they're – They got no scoring. He's even a defensive anchor down low. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think this Heat team is just way too talented for the Sixers to come back from this. So I do think, as we go back to the other uh, conversations, I think the next round will be Celtics Heat. But to focus on the Heat Sixers, yeah, I don't know. Being down 2-0 is not a good sight. And B, not 100%, even if he's, you know, playing with
0: a mask, like not 100% and
1: rushing back, in my opinion. Yeah. So I got Heat
0: in – I got Heat in five. Yeah, I I got Heat in five as well. As of right now, you know, they're up 2 It's kind of easy to say that, but I think that the Sixers, like James Harden, dude, he's just – he's Retrocious. not what he used to be at all. He, he's not a max player. James Harden is not a max player. Don't give him the max. Well, I think he's already on the max, but, like, I think that was just – I think the yeah. Sixers – they, they're they not getting what they need out of James Harden. And what they need is the guy who led the league in points, assists, and field goal attempts. They need that, dude. He shot 15 times in game two. Like, you can't do that, man. You really can't. And I yeah. know Ty- Tyrese Maxey had a good game, but, like, you only put up 20 points. You're a max player with no Joel Embiid. Like you, you got to get your shots. To- Tobias Harris shot more shots than James Harden. That's, that's just embarrassing.
1: Yeah. Like, I, he's he's got to step up. He's not used to being on a team per se, right? He always, always the one man show. He yeah. wasn't, you know, he was known for his assist stats, but you know, like now you've got an MVP and Joel Embiid who's ball dominant. you got guys like Tyrese Maxey, who's a playmaker that needs the ball in his hands to, be able to make those plays mm-hmm. and Tobias Harris is that shooter, you know, post post mid range guy, everyone needs the ball. Who's going to score? Who's going to be that guy? Unfortunately, it's not James Harden.
0: Yeah. I thought that with no Joel Embiid, we'd get a vintage James Harden, but obviously that wasn't the case. So I Quite think the that, opposite. yeah, even even with Joel coming back, I think the heat defensively can handle him. Yeah. And if like, you know, prime James Harden doesn't come back this series, I just, I can't see them winning it. Already down 2 0.
1: Yeah. Well, they go to Philly tonight at seven o'clock. Miami, uh, Miami Heat versus Sixers. We'll see.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's go over to the Eastern, I mean, the Western Conference right now. And
1: I I like the West. I love the West matchups.
0: Let's start off with the Mavs and the Suns. The Mavs and the Suns. Right now, the Suns are up 2 0. Mm -hmm. Uh, Game three is tonight. We're recording this Friday afternoon. So, game three is tonight. What are this, your thoughts on that? This is
1: um going into the playoffs. Um, the Mavs are probably the team that I've been following the most. I've watched all their games. That series with the um um who'd they uh play the first round? Um uh, jazz the Jazz. That was a great series. And without Luca, majority of that series, these guys, these young guys, Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson led them. And uh, I love Spencer Ritty, the vet, uh, Dinwiddie, the vet, like, you know, coming back to his days. Like, mm-hmm. they just absolutely balled out. It was such a role-playing game. Like, every guy, they were getting their rebounds, they were passing the ball, and they were torching this Jazz team with one of the best defensive players in the league, and Roderick Gabert and a prolific scorer in Donovan Mitchell. He didn't show it this series. But I just love this Mavericks team, and it's a shame to see them down 2-0, um, I think they can come back. You know, going to Dallas, they got the fans. They got Mark Cuban leading the way in the stands. <laughs> um, I don't know. I like this Mavs team. And uh, I call, hot take, hot take. Mavs in seven.
0: The Mavs that are in 2 0. You think they're going to win in seven?
1: Mavs in seven. That's my take because mm. I'm just so behind this team. I'm behind Luke. I love him. He does everything on the court. Um, and he's just a freak of nature, in my opinion.
0: I think he dropped like 45 the other game and they still lost, which yeah. was like it was shocking to me. But
1: I know they, they kept it close game one. Uh mm-hmm. they only lost by six in Phoenix and then they got yeah. torched. They got lost by 20, the other one. And uh yeah, Luca put up 35. So
0: yeah, it's
1: on 50 percent from shooting from three. So
0: <laughs> yeah. This Suns team, they got a little scare in the first round when when they played the Pelicans, they only won in six, I believe. And yeah. I read something that if it went to seven, Zion was going to play in game seven, which is just like, imagine yeah. that. Oh, my God. That but scary. Uh, that Suns team was not the Suns team of the regular season that won 64 games. The Suns team that showed up in games one and two, that was the Suns team that we that just dominated the regular season. Yeah. And if that Suns team is going to stay for this entire series, I don't think the Mavs can beat them because I think the Suns are just such a well well-coached and balanced team. Everyone knows their role. Chris Paul, great leader, great point guard. I think that the Suns, if they're on their a game, like they were the first two games, they could honestly win in four. I think they could sweep them. Honestly. Oh yeah. But
1: Seven Booker and, and Chris Paul putting up 25 plus each game. Like your best two scores are, they're, they're hot. They're on
0: fire. If yeah, exactly. If, um the sons don't revert to the uh first round series sons then i think they gotta sweep them honestly yeah.
1: you know the scare with booker you know obviously like that's that's your guy so that puts the team around down and losing two games to this pelicans team that what just has brandon ingram and i, I love herb jones but like but come on like you're yeah. dropping you know, you, honestly you're the best team in the playoffs and you're dropping to this pelicans team without zion i don't know that was a bit of a yeah. scare but they showed up the ter- first two games of the Mavericks series, so we'll see. Mavs
0: and seven. You heard it here first. Mavs and seven. All right. <laughs> and then in the other uh, Western Conference semifinal, the Warriors and the Grizzlies, dude. That's a series and a half. I think it's going yeah. seven. I think it's going I, to seven. This I honestly, I, I wish this was the the Western Conference Finals because I think both these teams can are. I think both these teams are the two best in the Western Conference.
1: Honestly. Yeah, for sure. And it shows in just these two games that they've played.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think that, well, the series is tied 1-1 right now. The Warriors just squeaked one out by one in Memphis. Yeah, I just I think in this series, dude, I think it's going to go seven. And I think the Grizzlies are going to win in seven.
1: Dude, yeah, this is, um, my opinion, this Grizzlies teams, along with the Mavs, are one of the most exciting teams to watch. And I think this is the most exciting series, besides the finals, hopefully, that we're going to get in this playoffs. Because John Morant is absolutely insane. This young Grizzlies team with no experience is doing this to a Warriors team with Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. Guys have been in this situation tons and tons of time. And they lose to the Warriors by one uh it was in uh Memphis but you know like it's just great games and they're not like losing these games tremendously to these you know these powerhouses and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson Draymond Green and and I'll throw in even Jordan Poole because he's going absolutely insane but uh I love this Grizzlies team so I'm going to agree with you Briggs Grizzlies in seven I'm going to say this young Grizzlies team is going to the Western Conference Finals and I want to see them there
0: yeah I I think John Morant I think he's He's a superstar. I think he's on that level right now. He's oh, yes. just out of this world. And the Grizzlies, they're one of those teams like the Suns. Everyone knows their role, and they're a really well-coached team. And the Warriors, I think that they just don't have the chemistry that we normally see from the Warriors just because guys have been hurt. Klay Thompson's back. It's just, you know, Draymond Green gets gets ejected. And then oh my gosh, they still yeah. won that game, but, like, still, like,
1: The chem is off. Yeah,
0: it's not what we're um, used to seeing from a typical Warriors team. So I think this Grizzlies team, they're young and hungry. And if that game seven, I think that game seven will be in Memphis. I think that's a huge advantage for them. Even though Um, the Warriors have been there before in like game sevens and stuff. But I really think the Grizzlies are going to pull this out.
1: Yeah, I just want to bring up the chem again. This Draymond, he's just like not helping – his team out. I'm sorry. You watch the videos of him just going out of character, not, not even out of character, just like flipping off the fans and like, you know, uh, just screaming and getting ejected, like leaving your team just because you want to prove a point. And then uh, when draymond has gone, like who's going to get this ball? Obviously Steph. And uh, at this point it's Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson wants that ball in his hands. He wants to be the guy. Cause he was that guy for so long in this organization. And now this young buck is coming and stealing the, 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 the ball from him, I could visually see, you could see clips on the court of him just like wide open and Jordan Poole is just like getting stuffed at the basket. So that's why I think that's what puts the Grizzlies
0: on top in this series. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so who'd you say your championship favorite right now is? If you're going to pick one team to win it all right now.
1: I'm going to give my finals matchup. Okay. I'm going to say out of the East – I have the Miami Heat going to the chip, beating the Sixers, and then I think the Celtics come out of that series, game six, game seven. Heat, wipe them. Mm -hmm. Heat on the East, and then the West is so stacked because I think the conference finals is going to be the Suns and the Grizzlies, and while I want the Grizzlies to be there, the Suns are just too good, as long as everyone's healthy and Chris Paul and Devin Booker are playing at that level that they're playing at right now. I'm going to say Suns-Heat, and then I'm going to say – that Miami gets finally back another win after losing to the Lakers in the Mickey Mouse chip. And Jimmy Butler gets his chip. Victor Oladipo gets his chip. Bam gets his chip. And I'm going to say the Miami Heat or the 2022 NBA championships.
0: championships. Wow. Honestly. It's um, pretty hot.
1: That's pretty hot take,
0: but Yeah. I, I'm i a big Oladipo fan. Um, I, I listened to his podcast that he did with Duncan Robinson on his. And then just talking about his injuries, like he literally – he tore his quad or his thigh, I think. Mm-hmm. And then he had surgery for it and it literally did nothing. It didn't even repair it. So he was still playing and like rehabbing as if it was repaired and it wasn't. So he was playing yeah. on one leg basically, which was just so awesome. It was like so it's so awesome to see him now balling out because he's been playing really good after yeah. all he's been through. Cause I didn't realize how much he's like gone been through. there's so much. He's been yeah. through so much. So a huge, huge Old Depot fan, huge Old Depot fan, but I'm a
1: huge Jimmy Butler fan. He's a dog.
0: He's an absolute I'm, dog. <laughs> I, I agree, but I don't agree with your championship um favorite. In my right. opinion, I think the Boston Celtics are the championship favorite right now. Just they have so much versatility on defense, best defense in the league, defensive player of the year. I think Jason Tatum is going to lead the Celtics team to a chip, and he's going to be in that superstar conversation top of the league conversation like top 5 in the league. I don't think he's there yet, but I think he's going to he's going to lead this Celtics team to the championship. Not a bad take. Yeah. I and then in the West, it's really really hard, but I think honestly, I think the Suns are going are going to win it too. Yeah. But I think they rely too much on certain guys and if one guy goes down, I think they're screwed. Like you saw against Pelicans, I think Booker went down for a couple games and then they were kind of screwed because everyone plays their role. It's hard for them to get out of that role, you know. Yeah. Not a bad
1: take. You have the Suns coming out of the West though, playing the Celtics. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So we both have the Suns. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty unanimous, like going into this, even like the Suns winning the whole ch- the whole thing. So mm-hmm. they were there last year. So they got they definitely want it back. They
0: got a chip on the shoulder. Oh yeah. Um, all right. Now we're gonna go into who are your top five players in the playoffs right now ranked. In the in, NBA one, playoffs, yeah. R- as of right now, all the teams that are still in it, one through five.
1: Players, I got five. I'm gonna say, I'm I might actually start with one because it's easy, in my opinion, John Morant. Okay. And then two, I think I'm honestly gonna say, um. Luca, just cause watching him play and just chuck this ball from, you know, beyond that arc is just insane. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, honestly, a sleeper pick, maybe not a three. He might be my four or five. Bam out of bio has been, uh, really, I don't want to say carrying this team, but on the defensive side and just scoring down low with, I mean, he hasn't played in yet, but, um, he just, uh, he was, he was a former defensive player of the year and, uh, he's just another part of that team that is a role player, and, um, you know, he does his job. He does his job for the C team. I think that's also what sets him apart because you got your scores, but, -hmm. you know, you need the guys down low, and you need the post scores, and you need the the rebounders and the defense, so I'm going to put him at, like, five, four or five. And then when he's healthy, Embiid's three, and then Tatum four.
0: Really? So So no no Giannis?
1: Uh, Giannis, I feel like he just – uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not too faithful in this Bucks team, to be honest, now that Chris Middleton is out. Yeah. um, I, I think, honestly, yeah, Giannis is going to step up, but I haven't really seen too much of him from this series alone, so I'm going to put him mm-hmm. at six. I'll put him at six.
0: Yeah. I have Jason Tatum, number five. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I have Jason Tatum, number one. John Morat, number two. Luka Doncic at three, Giannis at four, and Steph Curry at five.
1: That's a good list. Curry, good Curry list.
0: hasn't, like, had the playoffs we're accustomed to, but, like, yeah, no, dude, I, I would love for Curry to be on my team. And he has a lot of players around him, so he doesn't need to, like, go off of 40 like some of these other guys do. But I think he's obviously top five players in the playoffs right now.
1: He's the greatest shooter of all time. You want him on your team and he's been in this situation plenty of times.
0: So yeah, I can, I can see. Good list. Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually, I like your list too. I didn't really think about Bam at a bio, but.
1: I'm just trying to think of guys that at their position, set them apart and make a difference for their team. Cause you know, like small forwards and shooting guards and, point guards are like the name of this league like yeah. i love that joel and bead and now that he's out Jokic, but and bam are like the bigs are dominant they they mm. make teams because you can guys get your guys to you shoot from the arc you know three point whatever whatever but back in the day post scoring drilling the paint that's what set teams apart and i love to see that guys like joel and bead he's probably gonna win the mvp at the level he's playing he's dropping 30 pieces yeah straight up in the paint post scoring Big mm-hmm. body,
0: so yeah. All right, now we're gonna step away from the NBA. We're gonna get into the NFL draft. The NFL draft was last week. I love talking about the NFL draft. It's probably my yeah. favorite topic. But yeah, we're gonna get right into it. Who do you think had the best draft in the NFL?
1: I honestly, uh, it's a. The, I've heard multiple teams, but from watching the draft and the picks, just the three picks that I'm thinking of that. Go right to my head. The New York Jets, not a fan of them. Oh, but uh, yes, your New York Jets, Briggs, I think honestly did have the best value draft at their picks. Mm-hmm. Um, Garrett Wilson, I think probably top two receiver in this draft, probably top one when all is said and done. Um, Jermaine Johnson at the pick you guys got him. And not at 26. Yeah. At 26, which he was predicted like top 15, top 10, to be honest.
0: They, um, they almost took Jermaine Johnson number four. That's yeah. how highly – the jets thought of him and a lot of other people had him that high too
1: and then in my opinion probably the top two top three player in this draft in sauce gardner uh prolific generational talent um he's gonna absolutely tear up this league so i think those three picks alone and then um just the rest of your draft um i think was an a plus plus
0: i 100 agree i actually wrote down the jets too for um, my pick for who had the best draft, mm-hmm. I'm a Jets fan. I'm bi- I'm I'm biased, but I don't think this pick is biased because I think it's kind of obvious. They got, the, in in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinions, the best corner in the draft, yes. the best wide receiver in the draft. Some people think Jermaine Johnson's the top three edge rusher. I oh for sure. I I personally agree. I think it goes, um. Well, in my opinion, Aiden Hutchinson one, Trayvon Walker two, Jermaine Johnson three. That's how I saw the edge rushers. So they got the third best edge rusher at 26. Kayvon Thibodeau? Mm, four. Debatable. He's got to be
1: at I, four at least on your list. Oh, yeah. He's I a, know Jermaine's the, your guy now, but.
0: I, I like Jermaine more than Kayvon personally, but yeah. um, the fact that they got him at 26 and they only have to give up like some fourth round pick or something to go up. Yeah. So, actually, no, they gave up one of their one of their second rounders to move up. But anyway, the value of 26 was insane, and they had him as, like, a top 10 player on their draft board. Yeah, I think that's just value, and I think the Jets scouting team is one of the best in the league right now. Joe Douglas Mm -hmm. is the man. And also, they got the RB1 in the draft, too, in Brees Hall out of Iowa State. Oh, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I saw on, I think it was NFL Network, they gave him a 99 overall draft grade tied with, like, Derrick Henry, Um. OK, well, like all, all all these people, I don't think he's going to be on that level, but I think this guy is a stud. Brees Hall is a stud. I, I've been watching film from him. He's so good. No, he'll definitely and,
1: be a difference maker on that offense. You just added so yeah. much depth and so many more weapons for Zach Wilson to toss that ball to. So
0: mm-hmm. and then also one more pick Jeremy Ruckert in the third round, hometown kid, Long Island kid. You know, actually, I he played when he was in high school. He played on my high school field. Do you know that? Really? That's yeah. It. He he went to Lindenhurst High School, which is um, a couple towns over from me, and, and they're playing Northport High School, which mm-hmm. is the town next to me. And hometown they kid. Could, yeah, they couldn't play on the Northport field, so they played at my high school's field. And I watched him play. I remember he caught a screen from like he he caught a screen on like their own twenty yard line. It was like a simple wide receiver screen, and he ran through everyone for a touchdown. And he was easily mm-hmm. the biggest kid there. It was it was literally yeah. insane but he he's an absolute stud hometown kid long island guy and he's he's a blocking machine he's so good the jets coached him at the pro at no the jets coached him at the senior bowl cuz their coaching staff was coaching the senior bowl mm-hmm. so they had a first they had a firsthand look at him and he didn't have his like receiving stats weren't great but he also has three three top 12 NFL draft picks in Chris Olave Garrett Wilson and Jackson, yeah. Jackson Smith yeah, on that receiving course, so he didn't need to catch the ball. So I think that was that was a steal at three. I think he was my tight end, too. But, yeah, yeah. I think the Jets had the best draft by far.
1: Um, Just, uh, yeah, I think the Jets had the best, and I'm a Giants fan. I think we also had a great draft, but I would even yeah. put the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens ahead of us slightly just because yeah. you get, in my opinion, the Marquise Brown trade was good because I wasn't too high on him. You know, Lamar wasn't too happy with that, but they got a receiver – Anyway, um,
0: he, he's not worth a first round pick at all. I don't know. Yeah. I, I no. still can't believe that they got that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I feel like they won that. Uh, they get Linderbaum really late. And he going into like draft months ago. He was one of the top uh, lineman prospects. Yeah. And yeah, I still he think slid. he's, I feel, uh, yeah, I think sliding that brings up uh, the Ravens uh, stock a little bit better. And then you get the best safety in the draft. And Kyle Hamilton, again, late in the draft um, using that pick. So I think they did very well for value, and I think mm-hmm. they just added so many good studs. And, uh, you know, Lamar, he's going to get J.K. Dobbins back this year. And uh, while he's probably unhappy about losing Brown, in my opinion, he really wasn't that
0: good. I but, think he uh, just didn't fit in that offense. I think he's an all right wide receiver. Like, yeah. I Is Marquise Brown the replacement for Christian Kirk? Like, I think they're honestly like the same level.
1: Yeah, right. It's mm-hmm. like,
0: but neither it, are worth a first-round pick.
1: Yeah, we'll see how he does with uh, competing with targets after uh, game six with the DeAndre Hopkins injury, yeah. I mean, uh, scandal. So maybe Marquise yeah. will ball. Maybe we'll keep the ball. Um, yeah. Other than it. the Ravens, I also like the Eagles draft. Uh, you know, trading for A.J. Brown is huge, and yeah. uh, they gave up, what, a first and a third. Um, you know, And the Titans used that to get a receiver to try and replace A.J. Brown. But, you know, yeah. adding a stud like that, you could be a top ten receiver in the league. Um, they also got, um, the, uh, the big, uh, guy from Georgia. I'm blanking on his name right uh, now.
0: Jordan Davis,
1: Jordan Davis. Yeah. I really liked him on, on the D line. And as a Giants fan, I don't want to go up against him twice a year. <laughs> so, um, I really, I did like the Eagles, uh, choices in this, uh, this year's draft.
0: I, I honestly, the way the Titans build their team, I think a lot of teams should pay attention to how they do it. Like they didn't want to pay AJ Brown that top Mm -hmm. receiver money. So then they trade him for a a first and a third, you said?
1: Yeah, first and third.
0: Yeah, they trade him for a first and a third, and they get his replacement. I think Traylon Burks, he is a big body like A.J. Brown, and I think he's going to be really, really good. Really, really good. That also also brings me to uh, another segment we were going to do. We were going to rank the wide receivers in this class. Obviously, there were some – Really high first round wide receiver picks, right? Yeah. And I want to know who were your top five wide receivers in this draft class.
1: Um, going I'm gonna start at five. I think coming out of you know the injury in the uh the championship game, I'm gonna put Jamison Williams as five. Going into this before, I thought wow, he was five. top two, top one. But
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: it's it's tough to say how you're gonna be performing in the NFL. Uh, your first experience is going to be coming off of such an injury like the ACL. So yeah. I'm going to put him at five. Um, I'm probably going to put uh, Drake London at four. I just like his speed at his size, and I think he's going to do well on the Falcons, mm-hmm. um, especially if uh, Ritter starts. I'll, I'm high on Desmond Ritter. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Falcons are a, a bum organization right now, but I think a young <laughs> guy, him paired with Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts, Two young bucks and Desmond Ritter, three young bucks. Um, they're gonna make a name for themselves eventually. So I like Drake London at four, and I like the Falcons pick um, at him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I'm gonna probably say Chris Olave out of Ohio State at three. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, just prolific talent, uh, fast again. These guys, these guys are pretty big, and uh, yeah. most of them like throughout, like like you said, Traylon Burks, he's pretty big. Yeah. Um, so I have Chris Olave at three. And then it's between Garrett Wilson and I said and oh I might move up Traylon Burks. All right. Traylon Burks five, Jameson Williams four, Chris Olave three. No, no, Drake London three, Chris Olave. Garrett Wilson on the Jets.
0: Garrett Wilson number one.
1: Garrett Wilson, number one. I was I was so high on him going in. He was like my clear number one going into this draft, even though uh Jameson mm-hmm. Williams is hurt. But I think he's just the most talented, and I think he's going to now a great team, beefed up O-line. Zach Wilson's going to have a good second year, in my opinion. And uh, this guy's going to lead this offense. He is going to lead this offense. I have no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, I I really like that list. All right. At five, Chris Olave. Mm -hmm. At four, Drake London. At three, Trelon Burks. At two, Jamison Williams. And at one, Garrett Wilson. I think that Garrett Wilson's body control and his ability to um, high point the ball is just out of this world and his route running is so good. I think he's going to be so good on the Jets with their offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur. He is just, he's so creative and he will make the most out of him and Elijah Moore and Corey Davis and all the other playmakers that the Jets have. At two, Jameson Williams. If he wasn't hurt, he might be at one for me. But mm-hmm. the ACL is hard to come back from. I, I personally tore my ACL, as you know, but like I'm not gonna compare, I'm not gonna compare my experience to his because he has probably yeah. doctors, 24-7 care, and he'll come back right. But it's it it's tough to come back. It'll like wear on you mentally. So
1: yeah, hopefully he'll like
0: mentally be ready. Three traylon burks. I think he's the perfect replacement for AJ Brown. He is another big body like him. And he balled out at Arkansas with pretty below average quarterbacks mm-hmm. on that roster. So I really like Traylon Burks. For Drake London, I think the Falcons kind of reached for him. But I think out of USC, big dude, I think he he reminds me of Mike Evans so much. I don't know if yeah. he'll ever be Mike Evans, but he reminds me of him so much. I re- I like him a lot. These big and,
1: receivers, they move fast, though. That's what sets them apart.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's oh, yeah, he's – He definitely looks the part, so let's see if he actually fits it. Mm -hmm. And at number five, Chris Olave. You know, the Saints like their Ohio State wide receivers. They have Mike Thomas, too. Yeah. I think Chris Olave's route running is really good, and I think he could be really good on the Saints if they figure out their QB situation, Mm -hmm, whether it's Jameis Winston or whoever else. But, yeah, that's that's my top five list. I like that list. I like it. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, now we're going to go into who was your favorite pick from the NFL draft? Any round, any team, who's your favorite pick?
1: No bias. Uh, With bias, I'd probably have to say Evan Neal um, by the Giants at seven just because a loyal fan here, we need O-linemen, we need to protect QB, we need to run block for Saquon. So that was my favorite pick. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than the bias, um, I think – um, I'd say one pick I didn't like. I didn't really like Trayvon Walker going one. Um, I think the Jaguars, their offseason moves have been extremely questionable. And I think Trayvon Walker, great talent. But with guys like Aiden Hutchinson on the board, who I'm very high on, like, I don't know, they pass on him. And obviously, it's a systematic fit. You know, we don't know what happened during the combine, like behind the doors and in interviews, whatever. So it's a good pick. Um, my favorite pick, I might have to honestly just go with Evan Neal because, other than like you, everyone could see on the outside that the Giants needed that O line pick. For um, sure. I, I personally wanted EK out of uh, NC State, but um, I think Evan Neal is dude, dude is 6'7, 300 pounds. Like, that's the guy, he that is we a needed.
0: ginormous human being.
1: That's the guy enormous. we needed. He's excited to play in New York. Um, he's going to be a great pair. Andrew Thomas on the left, Evany on the right. Um, it's going to set us apart with our run game because Saquon has had no help. And Danny, DeRimes, Danny Dimes is getting lit up in the backfield. So mm-hmm. I think that is my favorite pick just because of one player making a huge difference. And I think he will make that huge difference. Uh, I also love the Kayvon Thibodeau pick, but I think for value and for what we needed, I think Joe Schoen did a great idea, uh, great job, Drafting throughout, and Evan Neal was the best pick.
0: A plus plus again. Hmm. Um, yeah i I like that pick too. They definitely needed him. Mm-hmm. Personally, my favorite pick of the NFL draft. I'm gonna take all bias out of it. Was Sky Moore, number fifty four, to the Chiefs mm-hmm. to replace who, what they had with. Um, Tyreek, got no Tyreek. Yeah. yeah, I think he is going to be a great replacement for him. Obviously, they still have Travis Kelsey. They still have some playmakers on there. Yeah, got Juju. They have Juju. They have Pat Mahomes still, obviously, and they have creative play callers. But I think Sky Moore. He went fifty fourth overall. I think he is just such a weapon. He, I think he's a great, a great replacement for Tyreek. He caught 95 passes last year for almost 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns at Western mm-hmm. Michigan. Like, that's off the charts. He ran a 4 4 and he had a 10-foot, 5-inch um, broad jump. And that just tells me his speed and explosiveness is just off the charts. Mm-hmm. So I think the Chiefs are going to make the most of this guy, and I think he's going to have a really good rookie year. I don't – he's not – well, obviously, he's not one of, like, the top – top receivers in this draft but to get him at 54 i think he's still a really good player and i think the chiefs they definitely had a great pick picking him in, yeah for real in my opinion
1: yeah definitely yeah. adds more weapons for mahomes to sling that rock to. i'm gonna try and take bias out of it real quick my favorite pick would probably have to be kenny pickett to the steelers just because um you know, going into it, so much question about his ability and his hand size. Um, I love the hometown kid staying in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and I really do think he will be a good uh fit. You know, he's mobile, he's big, and uh they still have some weapons out there in Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. And now they got the thug in George Pickens, like <laughs> the absolute stud in him. Uh so and then obviously Najee Harris. Um, I think he's gonna be a good fit. You know, they always their O-line's kind of going on its way out, but I do, I was really high on Kenny Pickett, you know, everyone has their questions about him, but I think he's top two, top three QBs in this draft class.
0: Oh yeah. I think he's top two or three in this class, Mm -hmm. but personally, I can't trust a QB with two gloves. If you want two gloves, like
1: Teddy, two gloves.
0: uh, He's at, at his absolute best. He was average. Like I personally, you can never trust a quarterback with two gloves ever if my quarterback had two gloves, I'd probably switch my favorite team and I'd pick a new team just because I hate the look of a guy with two. I hate the look of a guy with two gloves dropping back and throwing the ball. Like it just, it just doesn't Fair look. You need a bare-handed QB to win in this league. I'm telling you. A Prove ba- him wrong, Kenny. Prove him wrong. Uh, I I don't think he's going to. But that's all right. Anyway, that's um. Let's step away from the NFL draft. Um, we we're going to get into the MLB a little bit obviously my my mets are balling out your yankees are balling out the mets came back they were down seven was it seven nothing
1: it was seven one i believe
0: seven one going into the ninth inning i, th- I thought that was just insane yeah. so i just want to hear your thoughts about the yankees right now obviously you're a big yankee guy i just wanted wanted to hear your thoughts about how the season's going so far
1: Right. You know, going into the season with the whole lockout, um, I wasn't really looking forward to this and just so much question about Yankees. Like I was so distraught over not us giving Aaron judge the bag, which we did and he declined it. So that means he wants more money, but at least he's staying this year and we'll see whatever, regardless. I think the MLB is, is great right now. I love that it's so competitive, like the Dodgers division one through four, they are neck and neck. We got the, we got the Dodgers, we got the Rockies, we got the Giants, and we got the Padres all, like, within a game of each other. And, like, mm-hmm. teams like the Rockies and the Giants shouldn't be playing at this level, but their pitching, stepping up. Hitters like Chris Bryant are stepping up, and guys like Jock Peterson are having, seven like, seven homers this season. Um, I just love where the MLB is at status-wise with competition. Like, the Mets right now without DeGrom, that's such a huge scare. They're absolutely balling out. They are the best team in the MLB, in my opinion. Um, and then with the game last night, coming back 7-1, Starlin Marte hitting that one to make it 8-7. Great, great game to watch. They had the uh, combined no-hitter. Like, it's just so entertaining right now. And mm-hmm. my Yankees, uh, I'm, I won't put them at two just because, like, schedule-wise, we haven't played the best teams, like in the Royals and the Orioles. We played them twice. But um, we're in a tough division, and to be at the top right now is very – uh boosts my confidence, especially winning the series against uh Toronto, Boston, and splitting it again with Toronto at home. Um, I love that Judge is stepping up. All of our guys are stepping up. Um, our pitching, which was the biggest question mark. Severino coming off injury and Cole starting off awful. He started off awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh Nestor Cortez is having a career year and he's just absolutely balling out, he's got that swagger. Uh, the Yankees are just having fun. They are running around the bases. And we've got Rizzo leading the league, Judge leading the league, and Homer is just absolutely clobbering that baseball. Stanton's having a solid year. Um, it's just names that you want to hear doing good. Like mm-hmm. there's just so, so much question with these guys, the power hitters striking out and just wanting to hit home runs. Um, but I'm just so excited that we're actually, you know, doing well. And uh, winning the series against Toronto was huge. Absolutely silencing Toronto in Toronto. Uh, Vladdy, sitting him, Severino, sat him down. Um, you know, uh, I think the biggest question mark was the pitching. And I think we also do have the best bullpen in the league, one of. Uh, and they're showing it. I, I read a stat that the Yankees are leading the league in, like, strikeouts, ERA, K per nine, and batting average against pitching-wise. So our relievers are absolutely doing a smoke show job. Our starters are staying in there. Tyone's having a good year, even though he's getting older. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm happy. I can't complain. What about your Mets?
0: Yeah, you know, the Mets are looking pretty good. I'm not not the biggest baseball fan, but I always like to see the Mets doing good. I follow them, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think that this Mets team, dude, they have no header. They come back down six or seven in the ninth inning against the Phillies last night. I think this team is special. I'm like cautiously optimistic, but I think this team really is special. And this could be a special year for the New York Mets. Obviously, you got Steve Cohen dropping the bag on players, not afraid to do that. I think the days of the Mets being cheapskates and like bottom of the league are over. Like I can't see them having a down year anymore when Steve Cohen just wants to drop the bag and just wants to win. So I think obviously the New York Mets have a bright future. I think the Yankees got some question marks in their future, but, but right now they're just balling out. So living in the moment. we're living
1: in the moment, right? Yeah. Now. <laughs> you know,
0: New York baseball is looking great. Yep. And yeah, I don't, I don't know a ton about the rest of the MLB. I'm not going to lie, but I like the Mets and that uh, they're doing good. So I cannot complain.
1: Yeah. As far as the Mets, um, you playing at their plan at this level without DeGrom. Hopefully he comes back with mm-hmm. Cy Young guy he is when he comes back. You're unstoppable. Like yeah. uh Starlin Marte is having a great year. Uh Francisco Lindor is obviously doing what he does. Great Bounce defense. Back from him. Yeah, great back defense all around. Uh, you know, big uh polar bear, big Pete. And uh, it's just a great one through nine. And then you're pitching Scherzer. Mad Max is an absolute animal. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like you said, New York sports is doing great. And then as far as the rest of the MLB, it's pretty consistent. I feel like the Red Sox aren't really living up to what they are supposed to be in terms of like division wise. Um. And I just recently read that Xander Bogarts isn't happy. So that's a blow because he's bat- He's a plus 300 hitter. Like he'll give you 330 every year. Consistently mm-hmm. great defense. Um, Endeavors is not, you know, he was an MVP top three MVP candidate going into the season. Yeah. Um, so no, they got wiped last night, eight nothing by the Angels. And I think this Angels team is a scary sight coming out of uh the Western region. Uh Sharia Otani again having an MVP year pitching mm-hmm. and hitting. Mike Trout is coming back better than ever. The GOAT, you know, he's leading the league and you know, batting efficiency and um I think uh, one of my favorite teams to watch is the St. Louis Cardinals, just cause I think another question mark for them was like their pitching, but uh, cause Jack Flaherty's out, but, um, uh, Wainwright stepping up, he's doing solid, you know, for his age, uh, Dakota Hudson is a great, another solid piece. And then Nolan Aranato, I think in my opinion, he's going to win NL MVP this year. If he's going to keep playing the way that he's playing and, uh, the Cardinals, in my opinion, sleeper pick, for uh I don't want to say World Series, but no, I think they go deep in these playoffs and they keep playing at the rate they're playing, you know, Goldie at the dish. Uh for Yadi's last year, do a Cardinals. You guys are my sleeper pick. Uh, I know the season's early, but uh I like the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, I well if I know Yaddy or Molina, then he must be pretty good. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hope that they uh have a good year for him, I guess. But mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I, I again, I think baseball is at a great, uh, you know, it's hard for people to watch baseball because it is very long. I get it, folks, but it's exciting right now. Give it a chance. These their teams just popping off and teams that are not, you know, performing, you know, the Dodgers are like a Hollywood team right now. They got mm-hmm. Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, like one through nine are all stars. Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger. I could keep going and going and going. Um, so baseball is great. Good job, Ron Manfred, for once.
0: Yeah, exciting times in the MLB and uh, also exciting times in the NHL. Um, We're going to have one of our friends, John. He's going to come on sometimes. He's going to come on and talk NHL playoffs with us. We're not the biggest followers of the NHL, but I think we're both Rangers fans, right? We both know about the Rangers. The -hmm. the Rangers are my second favorite team, just so everyone knows. I'm a Kraken fan first. Seattle Kraken. Uh, this year wasn't our year, but maybe next year. But yeah,
1: new program, you know, get it going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what do you think about the Rangers so far in this playoff? So that's all we'll touch on though in the NHL since we don't really know too much. So what do you think about the right. Rangers and Penguin series? Right. Um,
1: I, I know eh, a little bit NHL, but yeah, focus on the Rangers going into yeah. this series. I was pretty darn confident we were hot um, and everyone's healthy for the most part. But these two games have been such nail biters and just like, so like a little bit concerning penguins are good. Don't get me wrong, but I think the Rangers are overall the better team.
0: Yeah. It should um, be two one right now. I mean, I've, it should be 2-0 right now. It
1: should 1000% two zero. the rest kind of screw us over in game one. And uh, with the goalie interference call, but un- understandable, but I think in triple overtime, like with Igor absolutely going nuts, just being the most consistent player on this team. And then, um, Uh, just letting the penguins slip away at us, you know. I get they played pretty much, they played two games the first game, you know, six periods, so everyone was dog tired. But uh, you got Igor pulling out of his mind, you got to back him up with the offense. Three goals great, don't get me wrong, but you got to net that last one and get that win. That was such a nail biter, just like keep watching into triple overtime. And then uh, game two, you know, great win, five two, but it was just Mm -hmm. still a little concerning, a little sloppy, a little messy. Um, Strom, I think Strom had the best game, in my opinion, uh, besides Igor, because he's just absolutely nuts. He's yeah. going to be the best player in this playoffs, in my opinion, when all said and done. But uh, go Rangers. You know, hope for the best. Going to Pittsburgh's is very concerning because we couldn't even finish the first game at home with the fans, and Pittsburgh fans are pretty ruthless. So yeah. the place is going to be loud, and uh, we'll
0: see. Yeah. One thing about Rangers fans, though, is they're very passionate. There was uh, – I'm not going to name any names, but – Someone that we're friends with after the loss game one was literally crying in a crowd of people. There were literal tears. It wasn't us. It wasn't us. It was dead. God no, It was not not us. But someone we know after the Rangers lost game one, literally had tears streaming down his face and he was wiping it with a Rangers towel that he brought to this party. So Uh, I didn't did him dirty right there. (laughs) I didn't name any names. So. I just I thought Tough I'd floss. share that story. Yeah, this, we're, emotional. we're emotional. This this Rangers fan that we're friends with was literally was literally crying. So I th- that just shows the passion, you know. But hey, you know I I respect them for it.
1: I asked for a good series. It's gonna be a good series. Yeah, I think uh, Rangers six and seven. So
0: yeah, so. the um last thing I wanted to touch on, um in in this podcast, the NLL playoffs. Obviously, you know, I'm a college lacrosse player. I'm a, I'm a lacrosse fan through and through college lacrosse, the PLL. If you're going to be a regular listener of Ride the Bench, you're going to hear me talk about the PLL. Not an extensive amount, but just a little bit, just a little bit. I love it. And then the NLL, the National Lacrosse League. It's an indoor box lacrosse league. I just, I just had to touch on it just really quick. Albany Firewolves are in the playoffs against the Buffalo Bandits. Obviously, I know you know nothing about this, but as a college lacrosse player myself, uh, I had to bring up pro lacrosse. Fair enough. Um,
1: What's your favorite NLL team?
0: Why don't you tell them? My favorite NLL team is, well, I like the Albany Firewolves because I go to school at um, a place about an hour away. So I got to a couple home games a year. And then I also like the Buffalo Bandits. They're playing in the first round.
1: They're playing each other?
0: Yeah, in the first round in Buffalo tomorrow, actually, Saturday night. So Mm -hmm. next uh, episode, I'll touch on who won that. But yeah, I just want to say go Firewolves. And uh, you guys should check out the NLL if you haven't. It's actually a really exciting game. It's literally just hockey, but with a turf instead of ice and uh, lacrosse sticks. It's awesome.
1: I don't know much, but I will say the games that I have watched were very exciting. And, uh, you know, for something that's not widely known, I say for sure, check it out.
0: Yeah, that's all I want to touch on, you know. Um good touch, good touch. Yeah. Uh that's all I have for this episode. Um in the future episodes, I just want everyone to know that we're gonna get into more student athlete stuff. But for this one, I just want to talk about sports and what's going on in sports right now, just for the first episode. But um the more episodes we put out, we'll do half um sports talk, just whatever's trending, whatever's going on, and then the other half will be student-athlete stuff, managing, being a student-athlete, stories about being a student-athlete, everything in between. So it will be half and half. This one is just sports talk, though. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there just so everyone knows about the future. Gabe, do you want to touch on anything before we uh, end the show? Hope
1: you guys enjoyed. Yeah, we're going to be here. Let us know what you think. Give us feedback, and let us know your opinions uh, on what we say and what you think. Sports are at an all-time high right now. I'm loving life. We get uh, a sports, a big sports game every night of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, playoffs, you know, we covered it. Let us know what you guys think.
0: Uh, thank you guys all for tuning in. And uh, yeah, um, follow, also follow us on TikTok at Ride the Bench Pod. We're going to be posting clips all week just of stuff from the show. So uh, if you see a clip on TikTok and you want us you want to hear us talk about it more it'll definitely be on the actual podcast so uh just take a look out for that and uh thanks for tuning in everyone hope you enjoyed peace